Hi, my name is Pastor Scott, and welcome to the Chew on That podcast. Today is a special edition of Chew on That, where I'm uh, with some friends, and I just want to—I don't even know how to title this. Like, I don't even know the right way to say it. I just want to—I want to talk about what's going on. And so, uh, I invited uh, three friends of mine, like some of the smartest guys I know, um, to talk about this. And so, um, I'm just going to introduce you. First up is my friend, uh, the Reverend Chris Bell. And so, Chris, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about you? Uh, well, my name is, like you said, Reverend Chris Bell. Um, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, me and my family, uh, we moved here about, I want to say, six or seven years ago. Uh, uh, my wife got a job at St. Norbert College, um, where she was an assistant hall direct or a hall director there. And uh, she's currently the assistant dean of students at uh, Lawrence University in Appleton. Me, I'm the owner and operator of God's Purpose Apparel, located in Depeer. That's awesome. Godspurposeapparel.com. Yep. That's the email. Yeah. He's not really paying for that advertising. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. That's perfect. And then um, my friend, uh, David Calloway, um, tell us a little about you. Yes, yes, yes. My name is David Calloway. I am born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and I've lived in Green Bay for going on seven years. Uh, and... and I am a physical education teacher in the Green Bay School District at Franklin Middle School, and yeah, that's a little bit about me. I have a wife and two children. Uh, my wife is what brought us to the community. She works for Schreiber Foods, and she's their director of talent and diversity and inclusion. So that's what brought us to the great Green Bay community. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then my friend, BJ Hill. Tell us a little bit about Sounds you, good. brother. It's nice um, to see you. Good to see you. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm BJ Hill. I'm originally from Maryland. Um, the D.C., Baltimore area. Uh, I moved here about 10 years ago, um, really just, just to play football. I was recruited here, and I've been here ever since. Um, person, uh, I'm a personal trainer by trade, um, but most people know me from my performances on the field, so which is fine. Um, I've got three minions, and, um, <laughs> and I think they keep me busy. But, um, yeah, so I've, I've been here a while, and been in the Midwest for a long time. I went to school in Indiana, so I've been kind of part of the Midwest culture, you know, for about the last 15 years. Hmm. Yeah, so all of you guys aren't new to Green Bay. So it's like not a, I mean, like six, you said six or 10 or 10 or, yep. yeah. And so like, so Green Bay is not a new place for you. Not at all. So like I, uh, you know, was born and raised here and I've had these conversations with BJ where, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 53. And so like when I was a kid in Green Bay, like if you were a black dude, you, you for sure were a Packers player. Mm -hmm. Like you weren't, Absolutely. you know, like that, that's, I mean, so like the, it was like such a, it was such a n not homogenous. Is that homogenous? Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. Right. It was a really white mm -hmm. town. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I mean, you just, you know, so if you saw anyone different than you, that was really strange. Yeah. And then in the seventies, the Catholic diocese was part of this big rescue mission to like get all these refugees from uh, East Asia, right? Like uh, like Southeast Asia, like yeah. Mongs and Laotians, and like they were just like and so that was like this big that was like a big racial thing, like for all the oh my gosh, there's all these you know Hmong people in that because that wasn't you know a typical thing, and then you know like like a lot of places there's like a, this big influx of Hispanic people, like I feel like that's you know that's been over the last. I don't know, 20 years maybe or so. And so, but like the, but when I think about like the black population, like, I don't know like what, I don't know what effect, like what, like, like if I, I was like, 
like for me, like this white guy, I'd be like, why would you even? Why would you come to Green Bay? Like, what's in? If you weren't going to come, BJ, to play right. sports, if you weren't going to come, you know, what I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, like, I didn't know what the draw was. Mm-hmm. The Green Bay, but that's I don't even know. I, this isn't even on my notes. I don't even yeah. know why I'm talking about yeah. this right now. <laughs> my point is, is like anyway. Yeah, we understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they hit on it. Is uh, a lot of it's job opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you yep. get a, you get an opportunity to make a little bit more money. Um, this is a safe community, so it's perfect for raising a family. So those are probably the two biggest aspects of why people migrate to, migrate to Green Bay. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So recognizing that George Floyd is only the most recent in a countless number of racially charged incidents. Let's uh, still start with your reaction to that story and then the nation's response. So that happened, what, 10 days ago now? Mm-hmm. Something like that? May 25th. And it happened in Minneapolis, which isn't, I mean, Minneapolis is a big city compared to Green Bay, but it's still like a northern city. It's yeah. not, mm-hmm. you know, not a typical, you know, like, I don't know, you always expect... You always expect that stuff to happen, like yeah. you know Huntsville, yeah. right? Or Stereo- you know, stereotypically, right. we always hear about we right. we people make assumptions that it would happen more in the south, right. Than yeah. it would in a in the north, and yeah. and w- as we see, it it happens here too. Maybe right. not as blatant and as open, but the, these are some of the biases and things that people that live north of the Mason Dixon line definitely see and deal with as well mm-hmm. so for us it was it's shocking We're, oh my gosh it's minneapolis it's la 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 but so like i wonder when you hear this story or when you heard the story for the first time like what's what's your reaction on the on the george carl at least george floyd george yeah, carl is a basketball I coach <laughs> i was initially when i first heard about it i was disgusted uh watching the video uh i I just didn't understand it, how um, a human can rest on another human for so long and think nothing was going to happen, and how the other stood by and watched. No one did anything. They just watched it happen. You know, um, still to this day, I wake up and I, I tears come out my eyes because I, I just can't believe not only just his incident, but just incidents that have been happening for years. Yeah. And just being exhausted and tired of hearing the same thing over and over and over. It's like waking up and <laughs> watching a movie all over again. Just mm. it's just we we're just tired. Yeah. We're just tired. Mm. For for me it was a state of disbelief. Like am I really seeing this? Like mm. before my eyes, this is happening, you know? And 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 then I almost felt the need to start to prepare myself for the conversations I felt I needed to have with people who didn't think that it was anything wrong with it hmm. to start to have to, 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 cause, cause some people were going to try to justify it as if, you know, and blame him, the victim as if he had done something wrong. And, and, and I was like preparing for that. And then, and then I'm, I'm like I said, hurt, angry, you know, um, just losing trust in some people and in humanity honestly speaking because at the end of the day he's a man like i'm a man he's we're human beings how can another human being do that how can you know even when the crowds and other people around are telling you stop don't he can't breathe you know he's screaming when a grown man screams for his mother like that that's real like that's not something that any of us ever you know that like you know something is definitely wrong 
and and then then I wanted more information. I'm like, I gotta know why, what happened, what what led to this, what happened before this, you know, you know, what this, what about this officer? Like, what's his background? What no, wait a minute, I don't know that much about Minneapolis. What is Minneapolis like? What are the people in Minneapolis dealing with? Like a, a lot of questions, a lot of things, like you know, hurt, anger, frustration, um, you know. Oh my gosh! If they did that to him, will they do it to me? Yeah. You know, if I ever get pulled over and I'm perceived as as something that I'm not, or or, or you know whatever, like uh, I, I mean, the whole gambit of emotions. But wow, hmm. you know, and then, then going from there of of being a teacher and a father, you know, what do my kids know? You know, yeah. Wh- how when when are we gonna have to have that conversation? So it was like wow. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> for me. I didn't. I actually didn't watch the video because I didn't want to be triggered. Yeah. And um, same goes for Ahmad Marbury. I didn't watch the video either. Um, it, it seems like deja vu. We've seen this story before. Minnesota actually has seen this story before with Philando Castillo. This is not their first rodeo. Sure. Two thousand six. So, um, you know, the way they reacted in Minnesota was probably just a buildup of of recent events over the yes. past five years. Yes. Um, for me, you know, I, I posted a video about this and and and. It, it speaks to the mentality of um, uh, when when white people call the police uh, wanting a result, you know. With uh, and I and I named Amy Cooper as an example up in up in New York, um, where she called the police on 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 a, on, a, on a man who was filming her, and she told him, "I'm I'm going to call the police and tell him being harassed by a black man," right? So so in her mind, she knew yeah. what that meant, what that could possibly mean. So we could have ended up with a couple of George Georges across the nation because of that mentality. Right. You know, and I named a couple of other uh, examples, but it, it, it speaks to, it speaks to, like I said, the mentality of you want something done because you've been inconvenienced or you feel uncomfortable and you know, by calling nine one one, it can end up being bad. Hmm. So, um, that was frustrating for me because that again, David hit on this. That could have been, that could have been me in any situation. And I know we'll hit on this, but anytime I'm around police officers, I'm very aware of what I'm doing. I'm very aware of what I'm wearing, my actions, you know, how I look at them, because you just never know. Hmm. You never know what's going through their mind when they see me walk in the store. So um, it's a it's a it's a conversation that I haven't had with my kids yet. Um, I will. They're a little bit younger, but it's always a thought, always, you know, and and I, I look forward to the day that it's not. Yeah. The second half of this question was about like how the nation is reacting and it feels a little bit different. I don't, I mean like, like it feels like, like, holy crap, this is for real though. Like I just, I mean, maybe not all the way, but I feel like it's, it's trending towards that. Like I feel like, you know, the, the Packers famously yesterday did their multiplayer thing and, and I mean, they didn't pull any punches. It wasn't like we should just love each other. They were like, this is wrong and we got to stop you know, with the wrong. And so in, in those ways, I just feel like there's small indications that, you, you know, like maybe it might be a little bit different or trending, but like that's, but again, that's from my perspective. That's mm-hmm. what I'm seeing. And I'm wondering, is that how it looks to you? Or you're like, nope, lip service, you know, a month from now, they're going to forget the name of George Floyd. And, you know, we'll be back at it until someone else happens to have a camera out when a black man is getting unreasonably held yeah i i mean i I think this one has resonated worldwide um you've seen 
different co- countries protesting. Um, you've seen all walks of life gathering because they saw the video and they're like, this is, I mean, I, most people can't even get through it. What is it, an eight-minute video? Yeah. And a couple minutes in, you're like, I can't watch mm-hmm. the rest of this. And um, it's nice to see everyone come together for a specific cause, something we've been fighting for for a long time. We, we've been at this battle. Welcome to the battle, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've, we've been at this for a long time. Yeah. So what we want to see is actually what's been happening. You saw Minnesota, um, Minnesota University pulled the, pulled the police department from all their events. Right, they're no longer allowed at any of their events. There's been an internal investigation, or I think one's coming down, of the entire department. Fantastic, great start. Uh, California has now pulled 1.5 million or 150 million dollars in funding from their police department. Yep. And every and every and every form of misconduct needs to be recorded from here. Bravo, because unless you affect this, which I know people can't see the dollars, yep. nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. That that's what speaks. That's what talk. That that's what that's what's gonna that's what's gonna cause things to change. And so. It's nice to see everyone come together for for this specific cause, and you know we'll see what comes of it. But that's that's why you protest. That's why you riot. That's why because you want a result, and hopefully we're moving towards that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would agree, Scott. I, I I think this does feel different. This does. When I woke up today and and every day through this grieving process of dealing with it all, just taking my time. Okay, stop, pause, reconsider. You know, grieve. You know, all of the above that go that goes through that process. I feel that what's really really when i start to see it is hope i start to see hope i start to see hope in a younger generation who are so eager to be right there on the front lines with people that don't look like them to stand up for what's right and to stand against what's wrong you know and and when you when you watch that i've attended one protest peaceful protest so far and when I got there and the fact that majority of the people there did not look like me as mm-hmm. a black man, I, that moved me. You know what I mean? Because really? in the past, it has felt like it was us, just, yeah. just black people, yeah. just That's, me trying yeah. to persuade or, or encourage my Caucasian friends and, and friends of other ethnicities and, and backgrounds of the importance of why I need you now and why this is wrong and why... And, and and it was like I said, it was it was a battle, and now it like I, I don't feel it's as much of a battle for that because now people like there there was no denying it, you know, like you saw it, it was there, you know, and and it, but this time it feels different, it feels more hopeful, it feels you know when I watch when I see other channels talking about this now and bringing it to people's lights and eyes, that feels different, which mm. is what we need, like yeah. those conversations, yeah, they tough, but they gotta happen, you know, yeah. I um, <clears throat> it's interesting to hear you say that because I was not expecting you to say that part about like how seeing, you know, not black people at a at a, at a black rights, yeah. black rights yeah, rally, yeah. right? Like for me, like I was struggling with, you know, I don't want to show up, and it's me and like five white girls, and like, like how mm-hmm, like inauthentic mm-hmm. would that feel? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so like, and I wonder if there's other people that like feel the same way like i feel like it would be inauthentic if i stepped out or if i feel like i would look stupid or i feel like they would think i was a moron if i so i wonder if there's other people who are reluctant to act because they're afraid of how it would look so to hear you say you were you would comfort i forgot the word you used but you were like yeah 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 well and 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 i think we got to pay attention to history like because historically speaking when the groups who have the power and the privilege in situations start to 
to stand with the oppressed yeah. and start to be there for them, that's how that, that starts to get that, that ball moving. It's unfortunate that that's what it takes because I am a man no different than you are a man. So right. if you say it and I say it, we should both be held with it. With, uh, it should have the same equal yes. backing to it. Yep. But in our society, that's not the case, which is what we're talking about and what we're fighting for and all of this. And that that's it. You know what I mean? When it, came to, when it comes to in, in our community with human trafficking, you know, men aren't necessarily the ones that are struggling and being kidnapped in some extent, but when we're the ones standing up saying we will not settle for this in our community, yeah. we're standing up for the victims of that. And and so don't don't nobody be afraid. Get out there. Go. Show people that it matters. You care that you're not gonna allow this and, and, and I know this it's tough because many many times it might be your same people that live in the same house as you who are you're who you're constant who you're kinda trying to rechange and yeah. get to think differently and see it differently. But these are the tough conversations that got to be had. This is this is where we are, you know, as Christians. You know, if you had somebody in your house that wasn't a Christian, we would doggone show be constantly bringing you to the word because right. you're supposed to be. I'm not going to let you know that if, mm -hmm. if, if you the, the one sheep that went away, Jesus went back, he went back and got that one because he was just as important, you know. And, and I think that that's that important part, you know, like, like, don't be afraid. Get out there. Go. You know, please, please get out there because that's that people need to see that and know that. Hmm. Yeah. In, in order to grow, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And and what better way to be uncomfortable than in a place you've never been before? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And I, I like to look at the year twenty twenty. Yeah, that's perfect vision. And oh, unfortunately, this death brought light brought light to yeah. the situation of what's going on. And that's why I think Agreed. the movement. It's so big yeah, right now. Yeah. It's clear. It was clear. Right. It was clear. And I agree with both of you, Dave, especially uh, when you said it's power when we see Caucasians out there with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's even more powerful if you start it mm -hmm. and we come join you. Yes. That, that's power because mm. we're going to be there. We're oppressed. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with it. So it's powerful when we see whites out there mm -hmm. young old no matter what you know how old you are it's powerful hmm. it's powerful yeah and yes i agree totally 100 percent. and i'm just glad that the nation not just in america but the nation is catching wind of this and moving forward with Absolutely. it and doing something about this and hopefully we can start change mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. things can just start to change from here on out hmm. uh you both kind of uh in fact, I think all you guys did alluded to it. And when it comes to your kids, because you're all dads, so like, have there been conversations with your kids? I mean, because like the George Floyd thing is like everywhere, so you you can't miss it. Mm -hmm. So what what do what do those conversations look like with your kids? I had a conversation <laughs> with both of my daughters. Uh, I didn't want them hearing it from anybody else before I said anything. So I talked to both of my daughters about everything was going on, what happened. I didn't show the video, but I did explain to them what happened and how I was wrong. They had a lot of questions, um, but it was just raw conversation. You know, if you feel a certain way, let me know, and we can talk about it. Um, just being open and honest with our kids, not going like super, super deep into it, because there's it, some things they don't understand because my kids are 10 and eight. Mm -hmm. So, but if they ask a question, be willing to answer that question as yeah. real and open as I know how to be mm -hmm. without 
clouding their judgment because you can cloud a kid's judgment mm-hmm. by, yeah. you know, I understand what's going on. By me saying something, I can confuse the situation with my kids and they can grow up and turn this a totally different way. And we yeah. don't want that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being raw. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I did not want to have the conversation with my children. I, I really did not. Um, and what happened, I, I was watching the news trying to see what was going on. And, and they walked in the room. And before I had an opportunity to change it, they saw it. And, and, and mine are eight and five. And so then the questions started to come. And the hardest part to the questions was the why. Because that's all kids want to know is, but why? But why? Oh, yeah. But why? And I'm like, I like I'm fumbling. I, I'm like I, you know. And I'm. I agree with you, Chris. At the same time, I want them to know what's going on, but I also don't want to create this. I don't want them to have a dislike for law enforcement. I want them to have a respect for it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the product of a retired police, the police sergeant in St. Louis City. So, I have a ton of respect for law enforcement and, and the job that they do. But I want them to know that there was a law enforcement officer who made a terrible mistake. He did something absolutely you no know, wrong, and he should be held accountable. But I don't want them to walk out of the house and think that every cop is bad. So, so I'm trying to protect their innocence and, and, and their understanding of that, but also give them the real and honest situation of what's going on. And 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 this is going to be a constant revisited conversation as their growth and maturity happens mm-hmm. because I'm going to have to, right. you know, prepare them for what life looks like for them when they interact with police officers and what life happens. You know, and that that's the talk that's going to have to happen forever, you know. But I don't. I, I think that conversation happens a lot more than just with police officers. I got to teach my kids how how to behave and how to, how to carry themselves in many different situations. It's just that in many of those other situations, their life isn't on the line. And that plays a role in that and how I have to explain it. Because at the end of the day, I always want you to come back through this door and walk into my arms, your mother's arms, you know, your grandparents' arms. I, you know, that, that's, I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to protect you in that capacity, and I got to do that. Yeah, I'm thinking about what you had said about how when you're talking to your daughters, how you have to be careful not to cloud, you know, the facts mm-hmm. with... Right. And listen, you talk, David, I'm thinking, yeah, like, how do you leave that part out? How do you leave the part out that the cop was a bad dude, man? Mm-hmm. Like he was like, and how do you not like, how do you like, how do you not let your opinion of that cop like affect and just to have that color all cops? Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah, you, you, I mean, I feel like that's what happens on the other side. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that guy, you know stole something that guy hurt somebody that guy and so then our minds want to work in such a way that okay well i'm going to take all this in Mm -hmm. and i see the color of your skin or i see Mm -hmm. the class you come from and so now i'm just going to assume that that color and my class that's bad news Mm -hmm. and so i have to do the same thing on my side right where if i'm talking to my kid you know well why was he there and then so i don't want him to you know to take shortcuts in his head and just judge a whole that's great point you know Yeah, it's a it's it's tough because uh, and I'm and I'm fortunate enough to have kids under ten, but the question answering the question why mm-hmm. right that's a, that's mm-hmm. a tough that's a tough thing to do. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how to filter that to have them understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, I have not had the conversation yet about this incident, but I try not to m- miss a teachable moment. Yeah. And so I had a, had an opportunity. My, my kids love doing um when we're in the car. 
they'll compete with each other about how many people they can say hi to or get 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 to say hi back. Super cute. Um, my daughter sees a police officer and she ducks. I'm like, okay, music off. Here we go. Right. Yes. Yes. Teachable moment here. I'm like, Tatum. You should treat police officers the same way you treat the strangers that you guys say hi to. And the reason why is because if you hide when you see one, that may give them the thought to, hey, let me go check and see what you're doing. Because it looks like you may be doing something wrong, right? So treat them the exact same way mm-hmm. as you treat everyone else that you say hi to, yeah. because they're people too. Yeah. So I'm dreading having that conversation because I don't know how to have it yet. Um, yeah, I try to do my best to filter so they understand where I'm coming from and so they understand at the end of the day, like, yes, this is, I understand what daddy's saying, but it's going to come. You know, right now they don't, they're not around, they're not by themselves, mm. right? So once they turn 10 and up, they may be with their friends or they may be at sporting events or whatever. Right. And I'm prepared to have that conversation then because they've, they're, they're starting to grow up. Right now they're never not around a parent. Yeah. So, so I'm protected. <laughs> but at some point in time, not just this situation, but moving forward, hey, these are these are things you're going to have to think about because you don't want to be in this situation. Yeah. And yeah. that's the, that's our reality. Absolutely. Hmm. In your informed opinion, what's the cause of systemic police brutality like in the Floyd account? Like what's that what I, it's probably maybe be maybe be <laughs> it might be you know uh chicken and an egg hard to know what comes first but like what like as far as you're concerned the things that you've i mean you all come from like i mean i don't know what part of st louis you're from mm-hmm. but i feel like there's that scene in national Lampoon's vacation where they take a wrong turn in <laughs> st louis and they're like roll them up rusty <laughs> so anyway so like, anyway but you're i mean you're you're from i mean can i even say that you're from like rough towns yeah yeah and so like where do you think this like constant culture of police brutality from blue on black where do you think mm-hmm. that comes from mm-hmm. so I, I saw this question in the email and I think it's important to understand uh, historical context in order to understand where we are now. Um, and any, any of my white friends who have reached out to me, call, text message, one of the things I tell them is do your research, mm-hmm. right? So you can have informed conversation, right? And so I, I don't want to make this long-winded, but I, I do want to make a point. When, when, when they first migrated to the, United, to the Americas, it wasn't just slaves that came here. Indentured servants came with too, right? So the rich folks that brought everybody over here didn't want to come here and do their own work. Why would they, right? So they bought indentured servants and slaves. The indentured servants were only there for about seven years. After that, they released them and said, hey, you can go explore the land and do what you want to do. Well, guess what? There were people already here. So after they served their time, they went out to go find their land and found that we're not really all that free. Hmm. So what happened was that's when you started seeing all the, the rebel, like Bacon's Rebellion and all those things. Like you guys were promising us things that we aren't seeing. So we're, we're, we're upset at the fact that we don't have what you promised us. So the rich people were like, ah, we got a problem. <laughs> you know, our people are starting to rebel here. And this was and at, at this point in time, there was no white and black. 
you know, you are what you were. You were Irish, you were Italian, you were whatever you were. So th- that, that ideology had not been developed yet. So for the rich people, they're like, we gotta do, we gotta do something about this. So they say, you know what? We're, we're gonna take the people who look like us and we're gonna give you some responsibility, right? We're gonna give you a little bit of land and we're gonna give you control over those people, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And so those people were the slaves that were brought over. So we're gonna, we're gonna give you an opportunity to get into the game, but you're gonna be at the end of the bench, right? So you have some kind of responsibility, mm-hmm. right? So they were, they were called slave patrol at the time, right? They, they, there was no policing, it was slave patrol. So mm-hmm. they, they did what they did, and over the course of time, as more slaves came over, they started to organize, and this was in the South. Now in the North, in Boston, they had uh, over overwatchers. They just had people who were, uh, the rich people had people watching their buildings at, at night. They weren't really police. But over time, they became a police force. Now, at the core, again, the, 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 the patrolmen were patrolling people who looked like us, mm-hmm. right? And so they made up their own laws. They you know, did what they wanted to do. And around mid-1860s, that's when police forces were actually formed. Hmm. So that's kind of the history behind where policing actually came from, you know, it was to police people who look like us. So, for, so what you're saying is from the very genesis. Yes, absolutely. From the from the very genesis, our skin tone has been something to look after or to keep in check, so to speak. So, what you see now is just a product of what they've always been taught. Mm-hmm. So then, David, like you said, that you came up like in a police household, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, like. That seems like that would be counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. So then, is there like a is there like a is there class within the class where you're like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what did that what did that look like at your house? It, and and that it's it it is wow. In my household, my dad acknowledged that there are great police officers. And there are some that we, myself, himself included, had to be aware of because they even try me at times in certain situations. I see. And so, you know, as as he's doing his job, I mean, and, and everything. So my, my conversations with my dad was, you're going to get pulled over. Comply. Make sure you listen. Make sure you don't give them a reason to view you as little of a reason as you can to view you as a threat or as a disrespectful person, Hmm. because in many capacities to some of these overseers, officers, Mm -hmm. if you're disrespectful to them, perceived as disrespectful, you know, which, mind you, could be I didn't give you eye contact, which means Mm -hmm. I didn't speak in the tone you would have preferred me to speak in. You know what I'm saying? So it was like that was the talk I got. You know what I'm saying? Just you just be quiet. You you come home to me, you tell me his name and badge number. And and and, and my dad was very well connected through the policing communities in St. Louis. So he would always, you know, take care of a reach out, call somebody when those situations arose. And most of the time they didn't arise because when people saw my name, when they saw the license, they was like, You're Sergeant Callaway's son. Mm. And the treatment became told, the experience became nine day different. Mm, like, you stand over here. We're going to search everybody else over here that was in the car with you, or that you were in the car with, I should say. But we know you, Sergeant Callaway's son, so we're not going to worry. You know, it, it was that kind of a treatment. Wow. 
you know, but but my dad was like he he was very open and honest to say that man, I work with some great officers who who go above and beyond and some of them look like me and some don't and I work with some officers who who are probably got some self-esteem issues and out here, you know, poking and prodding and seeing who they can can possibly abuse their privilege and power on. And so, and, and he said, and don't get it twisted. They don't, some of the ones that's abusing that power, they not always white. Some of them yep. look just like you too. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep, so absolutely. so he was very honest and open and just said, you know, he taught me how to make sure that I made it back home. He said, if it's wrong, you record it all. You to make sure you remember it all and you tell me immediately and we will take care of it through the right channels as mm. we can. But But that was the conversation I had. It was... A, a very different like I, I didn't realize it then but now as a grown man and now what we're going through in society I see it and 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 it's funny because going back to what BJ was saying along with that also when they took those when they gave those people those responsibilities in that in that arena I guess you could say in that mm -hmm. world yeah. they also were kind of taking advantage of them they were taking advantage of them to say as if like because there was a belief system that if I can can take the poorest of white people of, of, of the white and give them a small bit of responsibility, I don't even have to give them the same equal rights as, as us rich people have. Yep. So they were honestly abusing them and their and, and, and their lack sure. of knowledge and ability yep. to change it as well as that. So they were using it, it, it's the craziest thing I've, I've been seeing and reading a lot about it here lately, too. But yep, yep. It, that was exactly where it started from. And I think it's just just systemically it, it kept happening. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're not yeah. us. Yeah. But you're not. That. not that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Mm -hmm. it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Well, over 400 years. Yeah. Been dealing with this. Type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, I just want to share, share a quick story. Yeah. Um, I was about three years ago. I was driving down uh, Highway 41 yeah. on my way to a class, and uh, I was driving in the right lane. And there was a cop who passed me on the left lane. And, you know, it's natural to you know look over. Yeah. And I looked over, and we locked eyes. This cop slowed down, got behind me, turned his lights on. Come on. Pulled me over. So in my head, I'm like, okay, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Just do what you said, Dave, what your mm -hmm. dad taught you. Mm -hmm. Comply. Mm -hmm. Do what he said. Don't show no disrespect. Comes up to the car. Where you headed? Oh, sir, I'm going down to Fox Valley Technical College. I have a class down there in Appleton. All right, cool. Well, I need you to get out the car. Now, in my head and who I am as a person, I'm a little feisty. Mm -hmm. I wanted to say... For what? <laughs> Why? But things kept playing in my head. Mm -hmm. What's been going on? So I get out. And the way this cop grabbed my arm, kind of like, pow, snatched me mm -hmm. and pulled me. Everything in me wanted to fight. Mm -hmm. But I knew, trying to provoke me, you know, trying to provoke me. So he handcuffs me, lays me down face, face first, on the ground. You're lying right now. No, on the ground, mm. like I was a dead deer or something. Other cop cars eventually pull up five minutes later and they're sitting there for 20, 25 minutes just talking, laughing. It's dark outside. I started to cry. Chris, you're lying right no, now. No, I started to cry. I'm so frustrated mm. at that point. Like, I wanted to yell, I wanted to scream. I couldn't do anything, because I was scared. Mm -hmm. I was scared. Mm -hmm. 
Finally, they picked me up, unhandcuffed me, and said, oh, we got the wrong person. Got in their cars and drove off like nothing happened. And that was all the just that was that was all the answer you got. That's all the answer that I received. And That's, for the listeners, just remember he did say forty one. So this is in Wisconsin. In yeah. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Highway forty one, Wrightstown, mm. right outside of Wrightstown. So it's not far from this area. Mm-hmm. Drove to school. I was so upset, man. Mm-hmm. I was so upset, and I started to question why. Mm-hmm. Why? Are we targeted? Why does this happen? Why? 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 And I started to think we're taking certain cops, right, mm-hmm. who grew up differently, and we're putting them in neighborhoods that they have no idea how to police in. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. They have no idea how to police in these neighborhoods. So why are we putting those cops there? Hmm. If you put a cop in a certain neighborhood that's from that neighborhood yeah. who knows man he's just talking mm-hmm. let him be he ain't mm-hmm. gonna do that he's just talking yeah. yeah they understand mm-hmm. but when you put a cop there who hasn't been from that area they feel threatened so what do you do when you feel threatened hmm. you you say so you do you go into protection mode you, you go you into pro, you go into Absolutely. fight or flight either yep. you're gonna run or you're gonna fight yeah and their job is to protect and serve right so they thinking they're protecting mm-hmm. by doing what they're doing, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Racial profiling. That's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. So mm. that's, and I agree with both of you, we've been dealing with this for over 400 years. That's, that's where it originated from, mm-hmm. you know, the slavery days and, and things like that. But just that experience with that police officer, you know, and dealing with that, man, it, it angered me when I heard about mm-hmm. Mr. Floyd. It angered me. Yeah. It angered me, man. And I'm just going to be real honest. If I didn't have Jesus on my side, who knows what would have happened. Mm-hmm. I was angry. But Chris, I mean, just like it angered you, though, angered a lot that, of people. that's what America right now got to understand. Seeing the George Floyd thing ripped a, a ginormous Band-Aid off of a wound that we have never, ever healed. Right. And so to everybody, like in, in a community, I'm from St. Louis. Mike Brown it is is that 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 hot topic button like that and, and there's some other ones that have happened in St. Louis as well. But when this happened, the people in St. Louis are mad because they don't see justice, they don't see police being held accountable for these same actions, you know, and, and, and it may not and sometimes there have been deaths, but sometimes it's not even deaths. It's things just abuse of power, abuse of, you know, the, the, the weapons that they give you to protect yourself, whether it be your, your nightstick, mm-hmm. your, your taser, your, your mace, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, your, 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 your flashbangs, different things like that that they give them to use. It's that abuse of that, and it, it just it dredged it all up. And that's in several communities. You brought up this, the fact that this isn't the first time we know about it happening in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. It dredged that up for those people in that community. Right. They was like, the, the, like you was like you said, fight or flight. You're ready to fight because I'm like I'm not, I, I can't run. This is my home. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and that's where where that frustration and that anger and all this passion and emotion is coming out of. And like I said, this is why. It's, it's powerful to see it now coming from more than just that, that that passion and emotion for change coming from more than just people that look like us. Yeah, I'm a big parable guy, so I I, I like to compare and kind of, I, I do a lot of analogies yeah. and things like that. So me me and my wife were having a conversation. I said I like to compare this to 
uh, a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, me and my wife. If I don't tell my wife that I love her, mm-hmm. but another man is saying who's mm-hmm. trying to pursue her is telling her that, nine times out of ten, my wife is going to lean in. Not saying she's going to leave me mm-hmm. or do anything, but she's mm-hmm. going to lean in towards that man because he's saying what she, what she needs to hear because mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. Yeah, We've been hearing the same things for years, for years from white leaders or, you know, politicians saying they're going to do this, they're going to do this, and nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's a relationship. Hey, you got to follow up with actions. Mm-hmm. What you say, now you have to do. If I tell my wife I love her, that's not enough. I got to mm-hmm. show it. Mm-hmm. I got to show it. Mm-hmm. If I don't, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's 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 where I'm at on the whole situation. It's time for action. Mm-hmm. And we've been seeing that. I don't want to take away from anything that's been done because we've been actually we've been seeing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been seeing it. But there's need, like you said, we're still a long way away. Yeah, <laughs> from what we need to be, but yep. we have hope. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So just listening to you talk just now, though, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to my raised in Green Bay, homogeneously. Mm-hmm. That word, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I wonder if. It's easy, like I alluded to earlier, it's, it's easy for us to categorize people by the things that we can see. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to know that this, this person looks like this, so I'm going to make a bunch of assumptions about them like that. And so when these people are watching uh, peaceful protests that turn into marches, that turn into riots, that turn into looting, right? what they're doing, I think, is they're like, see, there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just looking for a reason just to break into a target and take some TVs, right? Yeah. So that so that's how I could not me, of course, mm-hmm. but I could see how people that look like me, mm-hmm. like middle aged white guys, angry, mm-hmm. right? Sitting in their Fox News TV station, right? Whatever, like coming up with that. Like then so they're just gonna settle on that. I'm just, this is where I'm gonna settle. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have public figures that like reinforce that thought. Mm-hmm. And so but what they're not taking into account is like you said, like they're, you just took a Band-Aid off a, a, a sore that never healed. Mm-hmm. And so to say that this is just a reaction to George Floyd, like George Floyd is, you know, a match, right? But this, there's a whole tinderbox here of 400 years, you said, Chris, of oppression. And yeah. so, like, they're not, they're not, I mean, they're mad about George Floyd. But, I mean, like, there's, like, a bunch of pent-up stuff. And, like, you said something else, too. Like, I don't mean to keep picking yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you had said, like, you had indicated uh, a desire for empathy. Like, like mm-hmm. what, what was happening? You were talking about like, I want to know what was George Floyd up to? Mm-hmm. What was going on with this cop? Mm-hmm. And we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Middle-aged white guy watching Fox News in his living room, he's not doing that. Mm-hmm. He's not thinking about like where that, you know, dude just like where he woke up this morning, what he had, you know, what he was wearing. Like, we don't do any of that. We what just like plan for the see their actions, mm-hmm. right? We just, and so like we don't, we, we, we've stopped uh, he, he, we don't, we don't see their humanity. Yeah. 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 But, but, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go somewhere else too. In my opinion, I feel that the same, st- what, what you just hinted on is part of the problem too, with, with the way things get presented by the media, because the media 
doesn't there is a distinct difference in between how people are protesting and then people are 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 damaging some things and there's a difference but the media the way they present that information which is part of the problem with you talked about why that line is that way black against blue is because the media and and, and society is only allowing certain things to be shown inside your house so like you said to a person who does not have any interaction with anybody that doesn't look like them if all they rely on is media you know television newspaper whatever the case might be uh, internet as that means quite often you will find so much negative energy about many groups of people on there and and too many people sometimes that's all they have and they use that to build what they believe or and, and what they believe they start to make it like it's it's the gospel it's their truth right. and 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 we're not learning the, the truth to a situation and this is the frustration with media this is also what once again as these people are protesting right now they're also protesting the way the media is presenting this information sure. because the media has done a a I say good job, and I, I say that very sarcastically. They've done a, a, a mediocre job of telling the whole story. Yeah. They've only shown it like, oh, they're protesting in Minneapolis again, burning down targets, da 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 Well, when the truth came out, or truth is coming out, you start to learn that, wait a minute. There are people out there who are truly like, like no, we're we not standing for this. They were peaceful for, for 16 hours out of the day, right. standing there, chanting, all the things that that by us being in this country that we fight for the rights and the freedoms to do mm-hmm. and then there were a group of people who were emotionally charged and i think may not have handled it and they were were, were doing some things that maybe they shouldn't have been doing but there was a distinct difference mm-hmm. but the whole story didn't get told right. and mm-hmm. and that, that's a part of the problem right there yeah. because society if, if you just look at the portrayal of us on tv you either believe that we're athletes, you either believe that we are um, entertainers. entertainers of some sort, or like, like or you, criminals. you, you are yeah. criminals. Absolutely, yeah. thank you. You you don't get to see enough black doctors, educated black people, lawyers, you know, things like that on television for those people who don't have that interaction. Business owners. At biz, absolutely, <laughs> entrepreneurs, business owners, all these great things that huh? black people are doing you don't see it to the extent you see it with other groups of people. And that is hurting, like I said, those communities where they don't have black people in for whatever reason. Right. That's the only, you know, that that's causing a, a, some of this too. If, if, if I feel like as a, as a, as a white culture, yeah. if, if our only exposure to the black culture, right, is either through entertainment or sports, mm-hmm. right? So then, and those, I mean, is that even representative? But well, that's a whole nother conversation, <laughs> right? right? And so, then, then all I'm left with are 30-second news stories, right? So this is not even a glimpse yeah. into their life. It's a glimpse into, like, a moment of their life. I guess that, like, how do you get the whole story out of that? But, like, the media, that's not their job. Their media is to, like, tell a story that, that is compelling so that you tune in, so they get ratings, so that people buy ad space, right? So that the, right? So if it bleeds, it leads, right? And so, so they want to show the most sensational thing they can, right? So peaceful protest, not all that sensational. Dudes like tearing the front of a Target store off. Yeah, that's super mm-hmm. sensational, mm-hmm. right? And so now we're yep. now we're forming our opinions of a people based on you know five seconds of a thirty second news story. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's all about what you was talking about earlier. The bottom line, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it's about. It's affecting the dollar. Yep. They can't report a peaceful t- pro- protest. That's not going to bring any money to their mm-hmm. to that company. Mm-hmm. But yeah. rioting, being the first to cover that, that brings revenue. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, so. and and I alluded to this earlier. Um, is doing your own research. Yep. Right. MLK said, "Rioting is the voice of the oppressed," and so we were built on rioting and looting and voicing our opinions like that's that's what this country's been rooted on go back and look Mm -hmm. if you want things done and they haven't been what what happens when a kid when when a kid's been crying and crying and the parents not paying attention what they're gonna do they're gonna kick and scream and throw fits Mm -hmm. that's where we at right now Mm -hmm. yeah kicking and screaming and throwing fits great point because we want something done Mm -hmm. so we you and i had a personal conversation a couple years ago and i actually just told this story to someone i was uh, uh training earlier where you said, you said, uh, can I be honest with you right now? I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, this right here, like me and you, this is the only personal experience I've ever had with a black person. And I looked at you and I said, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think you were 52, 53 or something. And I said, wow, that's crazy. I wonder how many people are in that boat. And I'm like, well, where, where is your experience from? The Cosby Show, media, that's it? That's it? That's it. And we were maybe a couple months into our sessions. Yeah. And so it got me thinking, how many more people are in that boat mm-hmm. and have that mentality? Right. Probably most of small town Wisconsin. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, like you alluded to, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't come up knowing that there was a black middle class, right? Mm-hmm. There was either, like you said, you were either poor or a criminal or rich and a movie star or mm-hmm. a professional athlete. There was no middle class. There's no... No black guys driving an Ultima. What are you kidding me? Like that's not even a thing. Mm-hmm. And so like that, and that's I mean, and so I'm a pretty smart person, and worldly. Like I've been around, and so the idea that if I can have that, what is the people that have never left Green Bay or never left Wrightstown or never left Sabisky? Like what? Where are they? Where's again? They're being informed by the news, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mis- misinformed. What's right. up? Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> What do you wish people knew about the black experience in our country? I mean, they already know. <laughs> there's, there's so much cultural appropriation. I mean, think about think about if black culture disappeared. Well, I mean, there's nothing right? on the radio. There's half think, of the half of the things on the what? Would you want to watch a football game with all white guys on the field? No. Let's just be honest, right. right? I mean, how about music? Same. You know, do you, do you want to go through your workout? You know, listening to country and rock. The entire time so i mean it's there you just don't want to see it hmm. Hmm. is that a thing is that like a are you only like us for our music are you only like us for our athletics are you only like us for you know, it, is that a thing is that a thing absolutely yeah <laughs> absolutely. if if, if yeah. you if you really want to see it here recently i mean i think colin kaepernick is a perfect example mm. of it perfect people loved him for his arm strength and his ability to 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 entertain us and 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 show off his athletic ability on a Sunday or a Thursday or a Monday, whatever the case might be. As long as he stayed in, as, in the lines. As long as he stayed in the lines. Mm-hmm. But when he when he started to 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 buck the system and started to and 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 many was now I think many of us would say he, that was peaceful. Taking a knee was was I think many people right now would much rather see us taking knees. Then some of the other and and so so so, it's you, it's almost like you're supposed to stay in your lane. 
don't you don't you get out of that lane mm-hmm. you know it it, mm-hmm. it it hurt when when I want to say was it Trump who told LeBron to shut up and shut up and play basketball? No, that was the uh, who was it who the said CNN it? reporter the, the CNN. Nora yeah. Yeah. Ingram yeah, or something. I like misspoke. That. I'm sorry, but but who, but that's a perfect example. LeBron is 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 one of those athletes who does not silence himself, which and we love him for it. Like mm-hmm. keep speaking up mm-hmm. because he does have the cameras. He does have you know the attention of everybody, and 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 that's what's needed. Yep. So for some people, that's the first way they're going to start to listen, you know, in that capacity. And, and thank kudos to him for doing that. But then people had the audacity to say, no, we don't pay you. We don't want to see that. We just want to see you be quiet and put the ball in the hole, mm-hmm. you know. And <laughs> and so, I mean, that's that, that you know, it, it's almost like this. Like I said before, I said stay in your lane, but but in some almost like this, this going back to a slave mentality, stay in your place boy mm-hmm. you know you you don't have the equal privileges like like we do to speak and, and say this and have an opinion and and you know it, it that that is the kind of the, the 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 plight of of black people in this country you know many too many times like we, we say something and it falls on deaf ears because almost like nobody wanted to they didn't people didn't want to hear what you had to say now, now that there's no denying it, many people are like being forced to have to hear what we're saying now. Yep. You know, I'm going back to the uh, shut up and dribble comment that the the woman made. Drew Brees recently Yo. made a comment, <laughs> and yes. uh, she said about Drew Brees, he has a right to speak his mind. Mm. He's an American, but mm-hmm. LeBron and Kevin Durant, two black men have to shut up and dribble mm. you know and then going back to the Colin Kaepernick taking the knee we're all Christians what do we do when we pray mm. we kneel to humble ourselves mm-hmm. that's how I looked at what Colin Kaepernick was doing he wasn't threatening anybody he wasn't doing anything wrong but yet his job was taken from him because he kneeled it just baffles me kneeled at a time it almost felt like he got in trouble because he kneeled at a time where we don't want your we don't want that here right. here what we came to see you do was throw catch run and jump yep hmm. which takes you back to something right yeah, absolutely absolutely man we we don't have enough time to dive all day absolutely we would be here all day but I would just say this: Le- LeBron has a big enough platform right. to continue to voice his opinion. Do you think? Wait, hang on, sorry. Do you think this is just blowing my mind right now? Do you think, not not to a specific person, but do you think culturally? Because I was trying to think what you mean by what you just said. Do you think, like black athletes or black performers are like toys or pets? You know what I mean? Or, you know, kept. Like that's why we, that's all we want from you. Like this is what you're really good at. Just do that thing. Put the ball in the hoop, or put dribble the ball, or mm-hmm. tap dance, or you know whatever. Right? Like just do that for me. Yeah. I, oh I my gosh. I, I don't want to believe that. Um, but um, it's not. It's not. Word. It's not a far fetched thought. Yeah. Nope. Mm-hmm. Good lord. If the shoe fits, wear it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You got strings tied up if it's a boot buckle, <laughs> you know. So, but but there have been there have been sports figures who have spoken up, right. uh, in 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 terms of wanting justice, 
and have had career suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin's just the most recent one, right. but mm-hmm. but Mahmoud Abdul Raouf did the same thing in the nineties. Yes, you never heard from him ever again. Yes. Absolutely, the gentleman who raised his fist in the nineteen sixties uh, Olympics, you never heard from him again. Mm-hmm. So it's a very it's a very it's a it's a subject that you have to be cautious around if you want to keep your career. Even going back to Ali, even you, you can, I mean, Jim Brown, <laughs> Jim Brown. Yeah. You can, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and Ali was, he was lucky enough to be funny about it. Yeah. Right. So, so the media actually loved Ali, you know, um, but his name was so big, his name was so big, was so big. And he wasn't like that in the beginning of his career. Right. Mm-hmm. He had, he had to get to a certain level yeah. to be able to speak like he did and not have to worry about any repercussions. Remember he was Cassius Clay. He was Cassius Clay right. before he was Muhammad. Yep. Right. The other half of that question, what do you, what can we do, white culture, what can we do differently, like on a daily basis? Like, what, you talked about how you and I had that conversation about like, this is the first time I've ever like locked eyes and had a con, like, but yeah. there's gotta be something, like, what should I be doing? There's gotta be a hundred million people sitting thinking, what should I be doing? So, I'll take this one. Um, if anybody's ever ran track before, mm-hmm. um, a track team or a track meet is made up of individual events for a cumulative team goal at the end. So they add up all your points at the end and they determine who won gold, silver, and bronze, right? What we have to do as a collective is run our individual race to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does that look like, right? What, what do we have to do? Well, again, I've already touched on this. You have to educate yourself no. so you can have these conversations and not be ignorant about it. You have, we, got, we all got smartphones, mm-hmm. right? These things cost 500 bucks for a reason. You have everything <laughs> at the touch of your hand. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is look it up, right? And learn more about yourself and where you came from. That's, what I, I, that, that, that's a personal challenge that I've taken, taken upon myself is learning where I came from. So I know where I've been. I know... How, I, how I've gotten to where I am now. So now I know exactly where to go. Mm-hmm. So for me, and then calling out nonsense when you see it. Yes. There is, there's no excuse now to then turn a blind eye because it's not your reality, right? Someone's commenting, someone's saying something, someone's even just being funny. Look, we're not tolerating that anymore. Mm-hmm. We, we, we just, mm-hmm. it, it's time for, and I'm gonna just say it like it is, white people to call out white people on their bs yes and and that that can be tough i hands down agree i think that mm-hmm. that that is exactly i think that that is where a lot of this has to start a lot of these ideals and and beliefs happen and, and these jokes and things are said in in private with with people who look the same and then nobody in that circle has the courage to stand up right. and say that's not right or don't do that or don't say that that's offensive mm-hmm. and then so then it just perpetuates it you know and yeah. let's just say that a, a younger person is it is around that circle and hears it he or she starts to say oh well, uncle johnny said it yeah. and mm-hmm. everybody normalizes else, it yeah. Yeah. And, and now he or she goes outside of the house and says it you know potentially at school or mm-hmm. somewhere else and and but so so i think that the role and where we go now what, what steps we should be taking is having these courageous conversations with 
your your family, your friends, you know? You know, because once again, we fight this battle. I have these conversations with with my coworkers and and people I run into and I explain to them, you know, how I feel and how things situations make me feel. But I think just 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 starting with your smaller circle and then expanding, you having those conversations of why that is wrong and inappropriate starts to change and break down or 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 just teaching them some of the wrongs we're seeing with the systemic racism and things that we see in our in our the way our cities are built the the, the laws and just, just there's so many different things but just start opening like he said researching and opening other people's eyes each one teach one type of a, mm-hmm. of, of a yep. mentality yep. like we have to start doing that you know in the black community we have to do it already mm-hmm. black history isn't taught anywhere near as well as it should be to any of us you know so so we already have to take that upon that each one teach one and learn something and challenge each other to go and and do that and and now it's got to be everybody doing it you know yourself included you know teach your your children your wife your your brother sisters parents and that's tough because they've been that way for pay me 50 plus years right right that's the courageous conversations i think that start to move this truly forward and change Mm. minds and hearts yeah I love it. Um, yeah. I agree with both of you guys. I just be repeating the same thing. Just, <laughs> yeah. Get out there and be that good apple. You know, yeah. pretty much. I feel like a lot of white people would say, like, listen, I didn't I'm not that way or I didn't start it. Right. But that doesn't absolve you from the responsibility to fix it. Yeah. Right. Yep. When yep. it got to you, what did you do? Yeah. Yep. Did yeah. you try to do something positive or did you just stand there? Because you're just as guilty if you just stood there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So Well, I mean, in this case we see just standing there. Yep. You know, get you a charge, you know, as well. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been, but I just want to express that to you. Like, there were some officers who stood and just watched it. Right, that's Who are I... now being held accountable yep. for it. So standing and watching, like you said, is, like, you're a part of the problem if that's 100%. what you're choosing to do. Because yeah. all it took was, hey, man, get up. Yes. Hey, hey get, get off up. of him. Yes. Pull him off. Yes. That's all it took. Yep. And guess what? Mr. Floyd would still be breathing mm. today. Yeah. Mm. If one of one, just one. Mm-hmm. And 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 whatever crime he committed, then it plays out in the court of justice. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Right? But now here we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah what he did dispenses justice, right? right? What he mm-hmm. did wasn't worth him dying for. Right. Whatever it is he did. But that but our system isn't dying. even set up for, for that person in that role to even decide that. Right. You know, there have been murderers who have murdered multiple people who have been given yeah. Burger King on a trip mm-hmm. to go to the Dylan Roof. Jail. Mm-hmm. Yep. After murdering nine people and, and for, you know, allegedly, you know, forgery of some sort around a check or, or whatever the mm-hmm. case, whatever they're trying to say that the George Floyd did, like that is Wow. Like, Lose your life. Yeah. The guy waving a machete. Yeah. In front of the police. <laughs> they arrested him peacefully. Peacefully. He's just, it's crazy. What role do you think faith, or what role does faith have in how you deal with this crisis? You kind of alluded to it a little bit, how like if if you didn't know Jesus at the time that that yeah. down cop pulled you over. Yeah. Who so, knows how I would have responded, you know. It was the Holy Spirit with me that day. You know, because people who know me, like know me, know me. I'm I, I love Jesus to the core, but I still got ways, you know. And I would have reacted differently. I would have reacted totally differently. Uh, but the Holy Spirit was with me. 
Um, I think faith is huge, man. It's huge because God gives you that that peace. He gives you that talk moment. He gives you that shut up moment. Mm-hmm. He gives you that not right now moment. He gives you those moments to speak of, to do what it is that you need to do uh, to live another day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jesus gives you that. You know, he gives you all of that. And uh, I just thank God that he was a part of my life that day because it was all those emotions that I felt that day was crazy. Mm -hmm. And like you said, that Band-Aid being ripped off, my wife was at home like, Chris, calm down, because I was so upset, man. I'd have been shaking the whole way home. I, I was yeah. so. I don't know that I would have been. Like, I had to pull over. I don't know. I could have dropped. I was so upset, man. I was so upset. I was so upset. But yeah, man, faith is huge. Faith is huge. I mean, Jesus tells us to speak up against injustice, right? Yes. Yep. You know what I mean? He tells us to speak up against it. There's numerous chapters in the Bible that talks about it. Matthew 24, mm-hmm. Luke 15, uh, Acts 16. You know, talks about this stuff, man. Like we. You know, just we we gotta have we gotta have faith. You know what I mean? Just have faith in Jesus and uh, just just continue to move forward. You know, not saying move forward in a way of pretending like it never happened. Yeah. But learn how to move on and fight in the right way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't take your boxing gloves off when you're supposed to have them on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Fight right. You know. I, I would definitely agree with Chris when when he hit on having the peace part. You know, the Bible talks about having uh, God, God giving you peace that surpasses all understanding, understanding. Yep. right? And so, in moments like that, you're able to draw on those things, and and boy, is it tough <laughs> because you still have uh, you still you're still a human, and you still have sometimes those fleshly urges. But knowing what you go home to, and understanding that there's a bigger picture. Yep. Um, helps in those situations mm-hmm. and being able to uh, discern and look at people differently and understand your surroundings, understand personalities. You know, that's, that's all God given, yep. you know, that's all God given. So yeah, faith is, I feel for you, man, that I'm already mad and I didn't even go through it. <laughs> you know. Well, and, and for, for, to me also like, I started to seek and search for what does the Bible say for those that are dealing with this, and then I and as I did that, it was it was really like nothing but God. But it also God started to show me the expectation around what He expects others to do as they see it happening, and I was like, wow, you know. And I saw in several situations, in, in as I was reading the Bible, of you know, like you said. We are not to sit around and watch injustices. We are supposed to be speaking up. And, and that didn't, he didn't say one, he, he said as Christians. That's the whole group of us, mm-hmm. you know? And, 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 and it, it, to me, that was powerful. That, that helped me with my grieving process of grieving through this, this social crisis, this right. social injustice crisis, yeah. and, and just understanding that. And, and I think there's some, 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 some benefits here also for our, our, church to bring people to christianity mm-hmm. by understanding and learning and knowing this because yeah, yeah. of how god has already given us this this playbook this 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 roadmap mm-hmm. to how to deal with this and how to handle it and where you can go when it happens so right. that you can find peace 
and you can find tranquility and that bit ability to start to step through that process and be and be better and learn from it and learn yeah. learn from it and learn how to make sure it don't happen to other people right in this crisis has there been have you been pleasantly or negatively surprised by the position and actions of like other Christians to your point ironically Scott this time no this time from from the Christians and people I have been honestly more surprised and moved from how many more how many more Christians that I know have been vocal against what they see hmm. how many more Christians have reached out to me and called me or texted me or sent me a message through social through our social media things to say are you okay this is wrong how could what, what how can I be helped you know please let me know of these things so I can stand with you like that has been like the the dopest thing I could have ever asked for like that is another one of those things that's helping me through my grieving process with this um but in the past when these situations have arose when in the past when it came to you know Mike Brown and and, and the list goes on and on I was hurt I honestly was like, I had an expectation of, of, I'm like, how come my Christian brothers and sisters are not seeing that this is wrong? Mm -hmm. How come, and I shouldn't say aren't seeing it. Maybe they were seeing it, but how come they're not speaking against it? How come they're not, you know, how come, you know, people from like, like pastors and people, leaders in churches aren't giving us this message of, of what God is teaching us how to deal with this and how to get through this and 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 so so to some extent yeah that's why another reason I feel this is different now we're seeing that now I feel like I'm hearing people start to stop when this happens I watch churches on Sundays and they stopped and said nope whatever sermon I had planned this is a crisis we're going to deal with this because we need this you know what I'm saying and yeah. like that 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 to yeah. me that that is part of my grieving act that has been nothing but God putting his hand on me hmm. Yep. Hmm. I agree with that so we're over any other last thoughts any other thing that like oh I really want to say this one thing or I want to make sure that there's a something like is there anything you know while we're here um, I'm I am I feel like I'm hardwired for solutions and so what 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 I would like to see moving forward um, especially in the in the police community would be yeah. a 90-day probation period where those police officers go into communities with no weapon and they get to know the people in those communities hmm. and then let and then at the end of 90 days the community decides whether that officer should be policing them hmm. but it gives you an opportunity to learn about people it gives you an opportunity to meet their kids to go into barbershops to talk talk to the barbers get into the count go into the schools go into the churches and learn about the people you're going to be policing because chris alluded to that earlier is they send these guys to these to these to these places they have no idea what they're doing or no, I no idea who who's who. So yeah, ninety day probation period, and the community decides after ninety days is this guy fit to police us. Hmm. Yeah, that's so, good. I like that. I think that's a great idea. I, I also would advocate for continual training around once again learn, knowing how to learn your community and the people in it, how to relate to them, and how to de-escalate them in situations so that they don't have to arise to 
you having to use force. Yeah. And things don't have to go because, like I said, many times the force gets used and then it gets overused and then these these injuries and murders happen. And, and, and I, just, I just think there's some training. I also think there should be a review board with the police department around any force that is used. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, anytime you have to use force, you know, you I know in some departments that mm -hmm. means even to the extent of if you unholster your firearm, that is a use of force to some extent. And then there's a review process and there's, there's almost like a thing. Of, and it's an accountability for those officers, you know. It, it's, it's not to say you're always wrong because you unholstered your weapon. We just got to understand, you know, because when you unholster it, that you're really close to potentially taking the life of someone. Just having that accountability behind it, I think, is a huge, 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 you know, just something we can move forward and potentially look to add to yeah. Their, their process of how they do the job. Yeah, I, I honestly thought that was a thing. I gotta stop watching Chicago PD. <laughs> that's one. That's my favorite show, man. I love that show. I love that show. I definitely thought that was a thing. Yeah. Already, I, guess I don't not. think it is for all forces. I think some <laughs> do. I think some of our more progressive ones do. Yep. But um, like I said, I don't think that's one for every force, though. But I agree with both of you guys. Uh, yeah, some type of protocol put in place where these cops should know how to respond to all situation nothing should surprise should, should yeah. surprise them you know it's nothing in my opinion you yeah. know because they've been properly trained on how to respond to people you know yeah. people are people seems right? obvious yeah. yeah it does right because i mean truly if you're there to protect and serve you're not you know i feel like somehow in these situations the fact that you're there to catch someone doing something bad trumps the idea that you're there to protect and serve like they've thrown out the protect and serve business because they just want to catch somebody. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what do I know? Mm -hmm. Listen, thank you guys for being here. I super duper appreciate it. Uh, it was uh, it was great. It was a great conversation. Maybe we can do it again. Maybe even after someone doesn't have to get killed to have this kind of conversation. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. This yes. needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We need to listen yep. more. Yep. So anyway, thanks you guys. It was great having you here. Thank you. Again. Thank you. All right.